just I like, felt at the time, there's no way I could stand up. There's no way I can walk and there's no way I could get in a car. There's no way. Well, and it's kind of cool you're saying that because you felt that same way in the hospital with birth one, but now you're feeling that same thing, but you've empowered yourself to kind of still do what you want. Yeah. Feeling that exact same way. And I, I did the same thing for myself. I remember feeling in the hospital, like not that moment where I didn't know what I was doing. I had no job. I just felt like a bystander and I found my role. This time I was prepared to have a role. This is Pros Talk Pregnancy, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. I'm talking with visionaries and game changers who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mama four, lover of the mountains, seeker of knowledge, exercise physiologist, birth doula, and childbirth educator. Basically, I'm an all-around pregnancy and birth nerd. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better and empowering professionals and families alike. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the podcast. Today we are joined by my husband, Matt McCoy again, and we are going to be talking about our second birth story, which is also a really big like catalyst in for sure. in life for, for us for different reasons. Yeah, I think in the first uh, birth story, we kind of talked quite a bit about how we both had a, like our research goals after that birth. Yeah. Like, this is where I want to improve. I want this to be better for my partner. I want this to be better for my baby. I just want it to be more of what we want. It just wasn't. The first one was like, don't get me wrong. It was like, it went really well, all things considered, but it just wasn't what we wanted it to be mm-hmm. that birth. And that's kind of who we are as people too. Yeah. We do something and we're like, how do I do that in a way that's more enjoyable and more me? Yeah. Like we like to be efficient and we, we like to, I don't know. We, we're just not like settlers. No, definitely not. So we both kind of like poured into our own versions of research and it transformed yeah. the second birth significantly from the first, but because we're both such pushers and innovators and I want to do it this way. It also brought some weirdness from our yeah, from, yeah, from, from close family. family and friends and people we we're close to. Yeah, so it's a it's kind of a it's a good story, I mm-hmm. think. So, um, or an I don't know. Well, you'll see what you uh, whatever we like it. It's ours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was a really big life thing for us. So after that first one, two thousand seven. Now it's two thousand and nine, and so it's about two and a half years. There, our first and second are about two and a half years apart, and we researched a lot. I was actually attending a play group. I don't know if you remember this. It was the Attachment Parenting International, Twin Cities Attachment Parenting International play group. And there was no like Facebook at the time or anything we did. It was like a Yahoo group or something. It was some sort of- That was all you. Some sort of group. So I was this this young mom of with one baby in, and I didn't have any friends or anyone. We had moved, so we gave birth to that baby in 2007, and then we moved pretty quickly after that to Minneapolis um, for further schooling for you and um, and working a little bit on the side, like making I think $600 a month plus the place that we were given to live working with inner city kids. Yeah. And so, so we had this little place to live in North Minneapolis. And then we had, um, that like $600. And then I was like personal training and working, you know, in 
that in the exercise field, really teaching classes, training clients, et cetera. And um, trainings building your, were you starting to build your, not yet. I never, I didn't really, I mean, I was doing personal research on like pregnancy and birth, but I wasn't like, so you're in the stage where you're building it, but you don't know it. Yeah. I didn't know I was what I was building, but I was researching a lot about pregnancy and birth. So we, so, but I do believe that the one thing that made me realize that home birth wasn't even an option that people do. Cause to me, I was like, this is not what people do. My mom's a labor and delivery nurse. So I always just your, thought of birth as a hospital and experience. your grandpa and my dad and my grandpa's an OB GYN or he, he was, he's passed away. Yeah. He was a high risk OB. And then your dad was an OB is mm-hmm. it was an OB GYN at the time. Now he's um, doing other things in the medical field. But, yeah. um, and so that's all we knew was hospital birth. And again, I'm not, a. I think hospital gr- birth, it can be great and is needed for many people, Necessary, yeah. but we were, I was super low risk and, um, really, um, physically healthy. And, um, I was researching a lot and came across home birth. And then what really pushed me over to decide to, to do it was that I actually met people that had done it Mm -hmm. because back then it wasn't, I feel like it's a lot more normalized now. There was no social media. There was no, I don't know. There were, it was really just not talked about except I saw, you know, in Ina Mae Gaskin's book or a a lot of different places. Um, I started reading about it. And so then when I met people that had actually done it, I was in, but I will say the issue for me was first the money. Yeah, it does cost more because yeah. you have to pay out of pocket for a midwife and all of the appointments mm-hmm. because some people think, and this is, I would include myself in this boat. When I first heard that you wanted to do this, I was like, so we don't go to a doctor. We don't get checkups. We yeah. don't, we just kind of do our own thing. And a midwife shows up later and that's completely not how it works. Yeah. You were, you were nervous. You were like worried about the safety of it hundred percent for sure. And I was worried about, cause I had researched all that and felt really confident with that side of things, but I was felt so guilty that we would, where would we find money for this? Because hospital birth, we were on medical assistance and hospital birth would be free for us. Like we wouldn't have to pay anything out of pocket. And having a home birth was going to cost, I think it was like $3,000 at the time. And we mm-hmm. did not have right? $3,000 in the bank. No, we did not. And so, so I, so what I did and I'm, it's, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I'm just like, whatever, I'm just going to share it all. Yeah. Like I emailed every home birth midwife who's I could find a website for and, or cause I was, I hate talking on the phone. So I didn't want to call any of them. And I, and of course I was embarrassed. So basically I, I asked if they were available for my dates and I, um, asked about the money thing, like straight up front was like, or like a sliding scale if I had or that. like, what, what are like, like I basically put, put our, our, what, what, what was going on and like, what was there any options? Well, and you say you feel bad, but you basically were just shopping for a midwife. Yeah. But also I really felt guilty asking for a discount. Cause I was like, this is like what they're getting paid for it. Yeah. And, um, so we were seeing a hospital based midwifery practice, um, a really large one local. And we were seeing them up to that point. I think I was getting to around like 20 weeks when I was like, you know what? Like I want to do this differently. I need, and actually I think that there was a book, I think it was like the birthing from within book that made me that finally, I think I can't remember what it said in that book that made me be like, no, this is, is what I want. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop feeling guilty about the money part of it and just see 
like just see if it's an mm-hmm. option. And so, so I sent out these emails and the one that responded to me, Jeannie. Yes. The one that responded to me that she could do it and she would like, we'd figure out the money thing, which again, she, she did not value herself in some ways. I probably with, but, but she, she valued the work, which is why and she, she knew that this was a family who needed a little bit of grace in the money department if this was going to happen. Yeah. So she like, bless her heart or whatever you want to say about it. Like she changed our lives really because, because it took me five years, uh, us five years to pay off to like in payment plans, yeah. To pay off that birth, yeah. And we, I think we paid it off once, like you got like a full time job, and like yeah. the, after the next birth. But um, so we, so she took us on. Her name was Jeannie Bazil. She's she's passed away. Um, she had two of the kids. Yeah, she did. She was our midwife a, a lot. We we love her, and she's actually trained a lot of um midwife home birth midwives in our region now. And so her legacy's really passed on. And anyway, but she took us on. And it was, I remember when we interviewed her, we didn't interview anyone else because she was the only one that was okay with And she was so warm what was going on with us. And easy to put you at ease and you tell you could tell she knew what she was doing. Yeah. That we didn't need to. No, we didn't feel like we needed to. We just knew she was our midwife. Yeah. And I remember because you had questions like about mm-hmm. safety. Well, and I will say, besides Jeannie being the turning point for me as a partner buying into the home birth stuff. I think the other turning point for me as the supporter in the relationship was thinking about it in the way I I thought about parenting, which was there are how many different styles of parenting. Yeah. And we were going and into attachment parenting. And there's multiple yeah. good ways of yeah. parenting. And you choose a parenting style based on who you are and what you want for your kids. Birth is no different in my mind. That's yeah, why that's why exactly. I told myself, I'm like, this is the birth my wife wants to have the birth she wants and to bring the kid into the world. And I'm like, actually, if I think about it and she, I start listening to her and she tells me the differences and I start getting educated on yeah. it, that's what I want too. Yeah. I didn't even realize it's what I wanted until I allowed myself to listen and hear. Yeah. I think we, one of the things that we do is like, like there's some things that I research more for the family for sure. and then you kind of like trust me to like explain it to you. And then yeah. there's some things that you kind of research more and like, help us and bring in and we like and then we critique each other and like yeah of course course, but like we like i don't know you have strengths and bring in like certain certain types of knowledge and then i bounce it out with the other type of knowledge and vice versa yeah exactly and and we've been doing that our whole life and so we're kind of like uh you know we've been together since like 19 and 20 or actually been together since 18 and 19 yes true we've been and and so so anyway that's kind of an advantage for us that's kind of a theme to our story too is that we've changed a lot from if you first had us when we were that age you would think we were completely different people and i think doing this process we've done it with everything in life so home birth was just another thing yeah and and the funny thing and let's let's transition to i have a good good idea of the next place to go is um once we made that choice like okay so let i think we already said my mom's a labor and delivery nurse or was she's retired now your dad obgyn my grandfather obgyn still was still practicing at that point um as a high-risk OB. And we, I lived, we lived like two or three miles from my, those, my grandparents too. And also time. still early twenties, remember? Yeah. And we were young and, you know, you look at like the young, dumb, early twenties, like as a 
even now I'm like, oh, they're so little. And now I'm like, that was us having babies. And they have some powerful ideas. Don't overlook the 20. Yeah. Years. Yeah. 20 years old. Tw- 20-somethings are awesome. We all the ages. Yeah, they're awesome. And they were an iteration of us. Mm -hmm. And I'm really proud of them for for going against the grain. So we've always always done things a little differently than like maybe what people expected of us. Like we got married young and everyone was like, why are you getting married young? Like at least in my family, you do not get married that young. Yeah. And um, and then these young what were we 22 or 23 now? Yeah. Second birth. Yeah. Whatever. Something around there. Um, we now are choosing a decision that our families, I was told, and I won't say who said this to me, cause it doesn't matter. Cause yeah. I know that they meant well and they were just scared, but they, they said like bubble of peace for those of you listening, like you're so selfish. You're going to kill this child, right. you know, this part of our family. I like genuinely think that it was said from a place of love of like concern and work concern because when you work and especially when you, um, for the, a lot of our family, um, worked, you know, in labor and delivery and oftentimes what they would see would be what they consider like in quotations, home birth gone wrong. Or they see like the tricky ones, the The ones that had to come to the hospital. Yeah. Which is was maybe not always handled as well. And I think personally, I think transfers have gotten so great, but for whatever reason, and from societal society's opinion of things that they don't know, for whatever reason, our families were really, really against it. Well, I'll also say, I think hospitals from then till now have done a marvelous job of embracing home birth better. Yeah, some, be. it's still- a, I'm just saying back yeah. then it was so much worse. It was worse than it is now. And I'm. it's still not great now, but yes, it's but better. They're, making, they're going the right yeah. way. It's like you hear about people having home births now. You did not hear about it then. It was was a lot more underground, at least where we were. I feel like it was underground. And so like Jeannie was like a traditional midwife. Yeah. And um, but I felt very confident in her skills. And we Mm -hmm. asked her about different situations. And I just really felt like really confident about that decision, even though everyone else thought I was being stupid. And we actually didn't even tell a lot of our family that we were making this choice because I didn't want that negative energy to be pulled into me because I felt very confident in my research-based decision. I am like a scientist. I researched the crap out of everything before I decided to do it. And I felt very confident and I didn't really want that vibe. And so we didn't, I, we didn't tell anyone that we didn't need to tell. And I think they all found out maybe and told each other, but we really tried to keep it to ourselves. I found, and this is funny. I found hypno babies then too. Remember that? So hypno babies, which still exist. I mean, how would I not remember hypno babies? (laughs) I read the scripts to you. Yes. Yes. And he, and eventually I become an instructor of that golden circle is opening. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So we, um, we found that. And again, it was expensive. Yeah. And, and it wasn't expensive actually, but it was expensive for us. It was just art. a lot of knowledge it we, was giving you. And so it, cost well, money. it should have cost money, but we couldn't afford it. So back then they had a program for like, they resold used copies at the time. They don't do this anymore. Um, but, um, and so I applied for a scholarship and received it and I got it for like 50 bucks or something like that. And so we got, and it was still CDs. This was pre like MP3s. Like we're talking, it was a stacks while ago. Of CDs. Yeah. So I had all these stacks of CDs and I was really serious about it. Mm-hmm. And I also remember, I don't know if you remember, this was something that you did really awesome this time that really helped me to feel less stressed out. And we had, you had the capacity to do this because you weren't, um, I don't know, somehow you had the capacity. So what we did it's was important you find a way. 
Yeah, I guess. So I remember feeling I was really stressed out about something or I don't know what I was stressed out about. And you were like, okay, like Saturday is your day. Oh, was t- I'm taking care of this, b- this toddler at the time. Oh yeah. We had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. It's like, what was I stressed out about? Duh. We still had our, we had our oldest. So, and that's a very busy age, a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so I was so stressed and you were all, you know, working and going to grad school and um, I'm still working mornings. Like I would work 5 30 to 11 30 AM. And then while you were with the baby, the mm-hmm. toddler, and then like, it was like, you know, tag been, team. It's always been a combo. Yeah, we tag us. teamed a lot. So we tag team and I was really stressed out. And so you gave me, you said Saturday morning is your time. You can do what you want with that time. Like you can uh, go to yoga. You can take a nap. Like, I don't care what you do, but like, that's your time. Yeah. And from my side of things, that's not just, doesn't just mean I I want to give her that time. I'm just going to like hide in the house. That was time for me to bond with my kid. Yeah, you know, totally. That was like. Me and our first time to just like, hey, let's teach you how to cook breakfast. Let's like yeah. craft. Yeah, let's totally. do something that mom hears the kid having fun and can actually relax because she can hear that it's being taken care of. Yeah. So what I did every Saturday actually was I would go to yoga at Bluma. So yeah. Bluma is still existing. So really beautiful prenatal, postnatal yoga studio um, in Minneapolis. And it was actually in Edina at the time. And we were living in the north side of Minneapolis. And so I would drive there every Saturday morning. Sarah Longacre, who is, she's a great, she's a beautiful part of the journey too. Cause she brought me into prenatal yoga and yeah. like she, um, and so I, um, yeah, I loved the yoga. I was like, oh, I want her to be my doula, but she was like top tier doula. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, eh. and so what we did was we found there was actually a program everyday miracles and they still exist as well. A beautiful program. So if you have medical assistance in Minnesota, you can get a doula through them and like they get reimbursed the state and then you get a doula you don't have to pay for. And so we, we got a doula, but then I think I have no recollection of who they were, but I like didn't vibe with them. Yeah. I just remember it not being a great fit. I think part of the reason was not the doula's fault. Was no. that we didn't realize that I was kind of already stepping in to some of those roles organically. Yeah. And as she cleans my face for me. Um, <laughs> and thing and I kind of just could not see myself not holding that role, just being who I am. And so for us, we didn't know what the role was either. We didn't really quite fully understand. Yeah. 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 We were like, wait, that's like what you're going to do. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want someone else doing that. And our house was tiny. Let's talk how tiny this house was that we were living in for free. And actually before we moved in, my grandpa, who was really handy at the time, like he is, he was handy. Yes. um, He came and literally made it so that the sink wasn't being held up by a cardboard box. And the pipes in the basement weren't being dangled by rope. Yeah. So it was like a really, really like, and actually we had a really bad mice it was, problem. It was also 800 square feet. I think 820 square feet. This whole house. I feel like it was small. Well, it was That's laid out really weird. tiny. It was it was pretty small to fit a birth tub, and yeah. and people figure it out every day. The birth and tub like, took up the entire living room. Yeah, and people do that like who live in New yeah, York City or sure. like have just living in smaller spaces. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was so it was tight. So it was tight, and we um got this birth tub delivered to our house. Um, like, I don't know when they do it, like 36 like delivery to seven. Service. Yeah. Oh, that's another person. Right? There's so many people who are still in birth who were such a big part of our journey. Like so little small businesses. So we, yes. So we um, could not, again, 
our, our now midwives actually inc- often include like the birth tub in their fee, sure. but we're not even paying. Jeannie. I remember some random dude that I got it from. Okay. But I actually, maybe it was a random dude, but it was Vanessa Stevens, cold water, who is That's a right. still local midwife. That's and right. I love her. And she's, she was, she was an apprentice of Jeannie's. I think she was now already a midwife, but she had been an apprentice and, and Jeannie knew that she rented out tubs and she let us have it for a discount. I remember her now. Yeah. She let us she have it for a discount. Nice. We still paid her, but it was like less because instead of her delivering it, you had to go pick it up mm-hmm. and then you had to like, like get rid of it and like, like get rid of the water and like drain it, drain it and like bring it back. This was basically an inflatable tub that somehow was still able to be heated. It was not yeah, you had a heater on the bottom. I can't remember the name complicated. I am not good with anything to do with household. We're not very handy people or things like that. So I, I definitely had to study that book. Oh, the tub book. Oh my gosh. I actually have a funny story of a birth that I went at once where when I got there, he was filling up the tub and he didn't know how to like get the hose attachment attached to wherever you're supposed to attach. I have no idea. Right. And he duct taped it and it was spraying all over the place. And the midwife was like, did you teach? Did you? Like what's the midwife in me was was like, what? Like we were like, oh gosh. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, this midwife does this all the time and they know how to explain it. Like I'm a doula. Usually this is a different dark. birth. Usually this is already right. like done. No, yeah. So this was like, not us. This yeah. is some, some But partner. it sounds like something I could have done. He That's tried. Like- <laughs> That's why I'm thinking of it. I was like, you totally, we might. I'm like, wait, I don't think that happened. <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen. Some other just as handy, I'm sure, dad. Someone um, with equal skills to mine, yes. Yes, his dad was an OBGYN. So and like, gone. didn't teach him. He I'm taught me other saying. things. He ta- yeah, you you have gifts. We we always joke you have to be stupid at something. Yep, and that's definitely one of my areas of stupid. Yeah, so like, and we have, we, you just haven't decided to choose to, to learn. Exactly. I only so. have the cap- capacity in my brain to handle so many things. So I very much appreciate all those people out there that are good at that because you're worth Thank- it. We are so impressed with handy people. Yeah. So anyway, so we we didn't ricochet that. We You got it filled up. Yeah. Oh, we should get to the birth now. Sure. I feel like a lot of the journey is the pregnancy with this one because the birth was and so the fast. Prep, and the prep. We prepped a lot. Like yeah. I realized that I had not prepared. Like the first birth, I was like, oh, I'll figure this out. My mindset is people have been doing this forever. I'll figure it out. And my mindset with the second one was that's a lot I need to prepare. And I'm as an athlete, like a former athlete and someone working with athletes at the time, um, it was like, of course, it's an it's a physical process. Just like I was thinking like, the events I'm training people for are like a physical process. And so I need to like prepare, but I actually thought more, I still was thinking about like exercise in a more simplistic way. And I was thinking like, I need to prepare my mind. Yeah. You're only on birth two. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, I need to pr- really prepare for this. And well, so I did the hypno babies. Well, and as got a midwife and as research based people, we now have something we actually have information. We have yeah. one that we can actually remember and recall and think through and that's a lot of the prep is being like, well, this last time this happened, what do we want now? Yeah. We're going to make that happen. So we made really intentional choices with the second birth and that birth. Let's get to, I was assuming I was going to go past my guest date. Cause I, all the research is like the stats of how, you know, it's eight to 10 days first. Actually it was five days post for, um, multiple second baby or beyond. It's like five days is the stat. So I was like, all right, I'm going to assume I'm going to be 41 weeks. But I remember going to our midwife appointment and telling Jeannie, like, if I make it to my 41 week appointment, it was, this was my 40 week appointment. So like on my due date, uh, which was July 19th. Yeah. So, um, 
July 19th, 2009 was, was our estimated due date or what hypno babies taught me to call it the guest date. And so the guest date, I was at my midwife appointment and I said, Jeannie, if I'm, if I see you, if I come have to come to your house next week, I'm going to be pissed. Mm. Like, I do not want to still be pregnant. Like I am freaking done. And, um, so, oh, I did physically prep by the way, thinking of that, I was doing so much prenatal yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were doing. So that. actually I may not, I was, I w- was being intentional actually. Yes. You're just level two intentional. You're now gonna- I'm level two. That was yeah. level one of my journey of intentionality. Exactly. So I was doing prenatal yoga and doing hypno babies home birth. Okay. So we, um, then at six days past the guest date. So like the day before 41 weeks, um, it was like 11 PM. It was like, e- like late evening. Yeah. It was like 10 30 or 11. I started feeling things. I think it was like 10 30. It was like 10 30, 11. I started feeling sensations, waves, pressure waves. And this time I had a stopwatch out and I'm. And it, yeah. And it like went fast. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as I started feeling something, I knew it was it. I like was like, this is it. Like I was like on the floor, like circling, mm-hmm. like hip circling. I could not even really stand pretty instantly. Right. Like it was a fast. So that was like 10 30, 11. Yes. And you started filling the tub. Yep. Didn't we have a accidental tub one like the week before where I was like, we th- filled the tub and ended up letting it out. Yeah. But it was a good one practice time. for me because yeah. then I got to see, okay, I've done the tub before. I would actually suggest if you are filling up a tub in your house, do it at least once as practice because you Especially need to if you're get not it. Handy. Well, not only did you need, it's, it's not just throwing up a tub. The tubs are probably better now, but I had to like regulate the temperature and get it within a certain range. And there was a thermometer in there and you had to, if it was too hot, you were going to be uncomfortable. And if it was too cold, it was also going to be uncomfortable. It had to be like right around your body temperature. This episode is brought to you by the Body Ready Method, our game-changing, interactive, fully online course for perinatal and birth professionals who want to elevate the way they serve their clients. We teach you how to help your clients prepare their bodies for a more functional pregnancy and efficient birth and teach you what to do when during birth through the lens of birth biomechanics. Gain confidence and new skills to support your clients. Sign up for the waitlist for our next cohort at bodyreadymethod.com. And so I, I had so practice doing that. Yeah. And so then I felt more confident. That's true. Cause that'd be stressful at midnight while I'm. It, it also takes a shitload of time to fill that tub up with like your house. Yeah. It's, and we think where we're living, I don't think it had a very big water heater. So I think yeah. it took like two tanks to fill with like, we had to time like, oh, it's like, it takes this long to have it. 45 minutes. <laughs> so, Cause I knew that when you're. Your your uh, oh God, your waves were a certain amount apart, which came. I was like, oh, shit, was I, gotta, like, I gotta do it now. It was like instantly. It was instantly. <laughs> My plans kind of went out the window. I was yeah. Like, First, they're gonna be five minutes apart, but when they get to two and a half minutes apart, yeah, that's when I fill it up. Really prepared, and we knew all that stuff now, like the timing of contractions yeah. and like when to go in or when to call. And of course, the midwife was preparing us really well too for yes. all of that stuff. So we were really well prepared. And hypno babies, like yep. we had a, we had a lot of stuff. Yes. Oh, we also hired a birth photographer. Do you remember that? So, so actually we, again, I, I was like trying to have stuff I wanted, but I couldn't, and we found someone who, this is really actually sort of embarrassing, but it was a thing at the time. Maybe it wouldn't be a thing anymore. It'd be creepy, but 
I posted on Craigslist looking for a birth photographer and I got a lot of actually kind of creepy responses, but then I got one response. Her name is Elizabeth Dahl and she doesn't do it anymore, but, and she was like, uh, her her uh, mother-in-law at the time was a home birth midwife and she had had a home birth and she was just like a photographer that was really interested in trying. And so she said she would do it for us um, and not charge us. And like, so she could use the pictures for things. And so I was like, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so excited. I re- and birth photography wasn't a thing yet, really. Not really. I, don't I wouldn't a thing. know. 2009, I don't think it was really a thing. So I had never heard of someone having it, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. You know, you wanted to document it. It was like yeah. something special to look back on. It's one of the things you wanted. And I will say that like people like the genies um, and I, I'm sorry, I don't recall the lady who, who got the pool for us, Vanessa, Vanessa and Elizabeth and all these people um, that kind of share the vibe that you're wanting for the birth do help to bring a sense of peace to the birth because yeah, having sure. Jeannie there helped me a lot because I knew Jeannie so much better than I knew the other doctors from the yeah for birth. sure because you'd been at the, the appointments and you right. like had conversations more than like a five minute and I could ask my thing. questions yeah about how things would work like if I had a if I was secretly worried about like well what do I do if something bad happens or what what's the the background plan if like the baby's heart gets escalated like it did with yeah. the first one and Jeannie would be like oh no problem just tell explain me explain you yeah and then I'd be you. like okay that's what I need. And they knew us better. and they knew our preferences. And so we just felt really good. Mm-hmm. Like that birth, that whole pregnancy, we felt just really like loved and nurtured. And, and Jeannie would give us both a hug after every appointment. Yes, I know. It was just like, it was just like night and day different than like, I don't know who's even going to be there when I'm there. It was just like, it was just really a great experience for us. And then, so anyway, like 11, you got the tub, you got the tub filled up. We had alerted Jeannie yep. that we were like experience i think you alerted her maybe i don't know and i put on my hypno babies tracks and i tried laying on my side in bed and i tried to like do all things right and it was like i can't even lay i think that transitions great into something i was thinking about for quite a, a bit and find the right time to share it oh yeah which is i prepped so much with those hypno babies strips and i think this is going to be a great example of a partner who you, you think you you put all this time in and you think um i'm going to use it exactly oh, yeah. the way i think i'm going to use it and, That's true. and then you might think that if I read all these birthing books or I read these parenting books and I don't use every ounce of them, I wasted my time. This whole example is to tell you that's not true. So yeah, we didn't use it the way we thought we would. Cause I also bought a, um, cheap dress at a sundress at target that I was going to be like what I was in while I was like sure. walking down the street and like, so we can slow dance. You know, you see these beautiful pictures sure. on like social media now Yeah, we didn't yeah, of people like dancing together and like flowing and finding all these birth positions. I was like, so informed. I was going to like, not, you know, I was like, Oh, I was, I, I know I was expecting it to be longer. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that was part of you, like embracing all the work and you've done and like really fully have, that was like what you wanted to do. Yeah. I was like, that was my vision. And you know, you visualize your birth. And so I was sure. thinking I was going to do that, but then it went super fast. Yeah. And to be honest, subconsciously, I did want it to go fast. Cause I was like nervous. Sure. I didn't want, want it to go too long, especially if I'm at home, you know, but even in that, like what, 45 minutes to an hour we had before you pushed, it was like that fast. Yeah. Was I was exp- I was picturing myself reading these scripts. Oh yeah, and that's true. What you actually needed was for me to shut up. Yeah, I don't talk. like silence. I like-, like not in a mean way, just like you needed to go inward. Yeah. And I know that about you now, and so I would never dream of reading a script. In this, my second and th- fourth, fourth, third and fourth yeah. birth, I never would have thought that. 
Yeah. But 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 birth two, I, I was fully expecting to have my script and run through the whole deal. And basically I had like three phrases from this huge script we did for months yeah. that I would say, but that's what she needed. And I wouldn't have had those things. We the the like relationship we yeah. established by going the through bonding. that script yeah. was the process. Totally. So even if you think you're only bringing these nuggets forth from all the work you did, the process was the work. Yeah, that's true. And I, I, and lots, lots of people, and actually more people than at least my observation of births is more people are more external in their birthing, like very loud and yeah. vocal, and like they need verbal support and physical support and a lot more like support. But when I, for whatever reason, everyone's different. Maybe it's, I feel like it's some, it's personality stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like when I am in my birthing time or in labor, like I just go internal. I don't want you to talk. I, we put on the hypno baby scripts and I couldn't stand the, the talking. Like I liked it when I was pregnant. But when, as soon as I wasn't giving birth, I was like, mm-hmm. no noise, no talking, turn that off. And at the time I wish I would have had now hypno babies has like a background track where it's just the music, but that wasn't available to me as a home study person at the time. And so I just, we just had, I think no music pretty quickly. Yeah. So like, so basically I don't think if I had been planning a hospital birth, I don't think we would have made it. No, because, because it went really fast because pretty instantly I was like on my hands and knees, like kind of like breathing through them and really focused in that on them. And, um, I don't think I could have stood up. I mean, I could have, if I had needed to, you didn't. Yeah. It was just, I like- felt at the time, there's no way I could stand up. There's no way I can walk and there's no way I could get in a car. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Yeah. I would stand up and give birth. I felt like, well, and it's kind of cool that you're saying that because you felt that same way in the hospital with birth one, but now you're feeling that same thing, but you've empowered yourself to kind of still do what you want. Yeah. Feeling that exact same way. And I, I did the same thing for myself. I remember feeling in the hospital, like not that moment where I didn't know what I was doing. I had no job. I just felt like a bystander and I found my role this time. I was prepared to have a role. Yeah. He was really prepared. And I knew also to react to what you needed. So if you don't want me to talk now, I'm just going to pick those, those key words when it's an it's extra like, intense moment peace. and like gently put my hand on your forehead or whatever you wanted your shoulder like key points and then back away but stay close you know and just have yeah towels and whatever yeah so it was great so for at some point i think pretty quickly you you told let Jeannie know like we need you guys here yeah she's gonna transition soon yeah and so and so well i don't think you knew that much i didn't know i but transferring the knowledge back from what i have now that's what was happening yes yes but you were like Okay, things are intense. Like I just knew something now. was happening soon. Yeah, so you were really good at getting them there. And I remember when Jeannie and Amber, and Amber was her apprentice at the time, when Jeannie and Amber, who she's now a practicing midwife and as a, well. And a great one. And a really good one. Um, when when they walked in, um, I remember, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember Jeannie saying to you, because I heard it. Yeah. I don't know why I still remember this, 2009. I remember her saying, oh, she's deep in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like, oh, yeah. Like she watched one and was like, oh, yeah, or something. She basically confirmed to me, you did the right thing calling like, me. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also wasn't too late. So little moments like that too, like grab onto those and like pat yourself on the back. Yeah, like, totally. you know, we yeah. got this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we got, yeah. For There's going to be ups and downs. So take all the ups you can get. Yeah. So it was great. So so they went to work in the kitchen. Um doing like, er- they get like herbs that they get together to like help you for your perineum after birth and things like that. And so they, I think, diaper. 
Yeah, they started setting up all the things that midwives set up to, I think, for yeah. the for the birth. And um, I think I started pushing within like 10 minutes of them getting there. Yeah. Right. Like it was like pretty much I was like, oh, they're here. Okay. And I was like pushing. Which is a great another great example of what a doula can do if they already if you're you're they already have a partner present who's really doing filling a role, doing the things that the midwife and the midwife's assistant did for us were magical. They like brewed the tea and they I know. got the things ready. They helped with the other kid. That oh was yeah, that actually around. happened too. So we had, we, there was a couple other things to fill in. So I was really worried about what was going to happen with our, our oldest when we were in birth, because I was, I didn't want anyone who was negative about my choice to come into my birth space. And most of the, the people that I felt most confident watching that kid, I didn't know if I wanted them in my birth space as much as I love them. It just wasn't like wasn't something right we were vibing on because they didn't agree with my choice. And so I was really worried about that. So I was really visualizing that birth to be in the middle of the night and for them to be sleeping. Mm. I just kept visualizing that's what's going to be, that's what's going to be, that's what's going to be. And somehow that is what happened. And the, it happened while they were sleeping. Yeah. But while I was pushing... Oh, and another funny thing is the birth tub took up the entire living room and we had to move the couch to block one of the like entry doors one of the only hallways yeah yeah and and one of the only hallways and we had one bathroom that they would like so it was like tricky to like have people i don't know i mean like, people do it every step day on the outside of the pool to get from one side to the other you kind of like shuffle stuff. it was yeah there was like not much space even around the tub but yeah. it it worked and I, i've gone to home birth smaller than that like it's it you just make it work and it's so cozy and the tub was worth it and the tub was freaking worth it. Cause that, even though we didn't need the heater because you filled it up and I gave birth and jumped out, like it's still probably nice. It was that it nice. Wasn't cold. Yeah. But I mean, once you fill it up, yeah. it stays hot for a while. Yeah. Most people don't have a heated one anymore, True. but that one, for whatever reason, if I had had like a long labor, I thought it was going to be nice to have a heated one that could maintain its temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. So basically Jeannie came over, I started pushing and Amber, I, I started pushing immediately, our, our two and a half year old, two, two year, four month old woke up for a moment while I was pushing. You remember that? Or yeah. maybe before pushing. I, I think it was pushing. during pushing. Yeah. And you quickly went in there and for whatever reason, oh, and then like Amber came in and was like my support for a little bit. And then for whatever reason, that kid instantly must've gone back to sleep. It was like yeah. perfect. Yeah. They and just needed like a cup of water and go to the bathroom or something. Something. And then you instantly came back and I pushed for, I think it was it sounds like a lot of that happens. You must not have done the bathroom because I pushed for 10 minutes is what it says in the. I was gone for 30 seconds. Okay. It was not... Yeah. It was, it was quick. I remember it being like, Oh shoot. And then being like, Oh, it's quick. So I pushed for 10 minutes at that one. Um, and actually afterwards she, she asked when my water broke because we never like they came out, not in the bag of water, but, um, my water, I never remember it breaking. Maybe it was in the tub. And so it happened. This is what we think as I remember that really first intense sensation to push. Mm. Cause I had never felt that before. Cause the first one was so, so medicated. I, it was like instantly like, like, I can't not do this. It was like, and I was like, Whoa. Crazy. And that was su such an intense sensation. Um, that I think my water broke and I didn't really, I wasn't aware of it. I also think that's when your hypno baby's training really kicked in. Yeah. So I, if anyone, like, I don't remember any pain from that birth. It was strong sensations that took all my awareness, but if somebody, and if somebody in that strong sensation had like taken me out of my, what I was doing with my brain, mm -hmm. if they would have taken me out of it and been like, are you feeling pain right now? And I had like got into my conscious brain and out of that place that you go into during birth. If I would have gone in my conscious brain and like thought about it, 
I probably would have been like, yeah, this is painful. Yeah. But because I never thought about it and I was so deep in that more limbic part of my brain, like the more animalistic intuitive place, I didn't feel any pain. Like I really didn't. And I think truthfully. that's what the bubble of peace sounds very hippie. But yeah. I think that's basically, and it can be different for wh whoever you are and whatever you want. I think it's the exactly what Lindsay's talking about of kind of like keeping the vibes and the uh, attitudes and like the information you don't want away from you. Yeah. You still want to be informed sure. and educated, but you can do it in a way like, like it's, I think the thing that I, that I really appreciate with hypno babies and I credit them to like helping me learn this. And cause then I dug even deeper mm -hmm. was they helped me realize the power of your brain and the power of your thoughts. And I already had been doing that with athletics. I got really into sports psychology in high school because I really wanted to win ski races. And so I was like, I really learned about the power of my brain from that. And then hypno babies reinforced that to me of saying like, wow, I can like use my brain to expect what I want. Mm -hmm. Like we do it in sports. Why would we not do it in birth? Cause we feel bad if it then doesn't go that way. Yeah. And she, and I realized, so they really helped me to focus on what I wanted versus what I didn't want. And so I was visualizing a lot. It's probably why you don't like words during, cause you kind of get in almost a meditative state. Yeah, kind of, you know, I was very aware and conscious, you know, yeah. I remember what Jeannie said, but I was also really in tune. I was in what I now call and what, what I now educate on called the labor flow state, mm -hmm. my nervous system. I was just completely flowing, completely safe, completely in my bubble. And I could just let go. There was nothing resisting where that first birth, I was so tense and tight. And this birth, I let all my muscles, they loop loose and limp. And it was so efficient because my body and my, my mind were just like completely like bring it on, like open. And I mm -hmm. think the power of the, I really deeply found the power of like mental preparation during that birth and somewhat physical preparation as well. And, that's and those things are tied together because they're exactly. in the body. When you, you when your yep. brain, when you're freaking out in your brain, your body reacts and your muscles tighten, you know, your psoas, which I talk about a lot will react and your psoas is what guides baby into the pelvis. And so there's a really big body mind connection. And so I really drew in that piece um, with mm -hmm. this birth sure. and then after that birth, you know, amazing birth, tuck into bed. Yeah. Do you remember right afterwards, we gave birth at 1.54 a.m. So it was so like things started like 11 p.m. ish, 12, 1. So it was like a two and a half hour birth, two and a half, three hour birth, maybe three and a half. I don't know, something around there. And um, then we were in bed and we should be sleeping, but I was on this like birth high. I just want to talk about how awesome it was to you. Yeah. And you're like, I want to go to bed. I'm like, you're the one that's all hyped up and wanting to talk. I was like, ah. I was on this birth high. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that in our living room. And, and did it so smoothly. And it was so easy and it felt awesome. I love this. Like I, I actually felt guilty sharing that story for a long time because I sometimes feel like people feel like if you share that, I like, it's like, oh, look at me. I'm so awesome. I had this amazing birth. I don't think it was like me versus someone else. Like if you have a hard birth, it doesn't mean that I'm better than you or you're worse than me or like there's no like competition. Yeah. But I felt really guilty. And sometimes I feel like we try to, you never want to make someone feel bad. And also like. Well, and people, if people don't hear the context of the first birth story and everything we tried to do to make that second birth what it was, granted that things can still happen yeah. out of your control. And we could have got. It could have gone differently. It could have gone completely differently. But we we kind of knew our fault. How, we, been our how fault. we would have responded to that was also thought out. Yeah. And I yeah. think being okay with that 
level of chaos that can happen is part of being prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't about the outcome. It was about the autonomy that we achieved mm-hmm. through that experience. So, and, and, and of course we were happy with the outcome, mm-hmm. but the most empowering thing I think would have, and was that we were in charge and we took control, which is hard to do. And as, as someone, even in your early twenties, like it's hard to, and I was not a very confident person or like I am, I was very shy too, and not very sure of myself. And so finding who I was, I, I was as a person. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to go against your family. It's hard to make choices that aren't like mainstream. And people don't take that into account enough when it comes to birth is like your personality and your um, family history and first births yeah. or past things all play into it more than you think they do. And I would say this is something very me to say. Yeah. Um, but I do think that also the connection you have between your partner and you and how much you understand them, I think plays a bigger role than I really understood. Yeah, it was because, helpful. Yeah, it was helpful for us. Yeah, because yeah, not then, for people. People can do it without partners. Your partner can be your doula too, because your doula can be the person who understands you and gets you. I would say I will disagree slightly. No, please do. That you the partner and the doula role is different because because while we, oh, we, we didn't even cover the birth photographer and all that. We so it was so fast. We didn't even realize, we didn't even like think to call her. Yeah, she never the birth, got to come. I was like, oh my gosh, I was waiting for the midwife to get there to see if it was actually it. And then she never even showed up. Yeah. And then we didn't actually have a doula. And I do think for me, like for me, I maybe wouldn't have needed the doula. And that's why you see that. Sure. Is because I'm such an internal birther that really all I need is you. Sure. But I feel like, and, and I had the, I, we were lucky not to need like different birth positions and, and release work. That's true and too. there's a lot of knowledge that a doula brings to the table that, that I don't have. thankfully we didn't need. Yeah. But you have it. But I like to, I wish if we could have afforded like someone with all that, I would have 100% still invested in it because I think it is in, I think of it as an insurance policy. Sure. Like maybe we wouldn't, we didn't need all that like fancy, like release the psoas or um, internally rotate the hips, which wasn't a thing yet at that time, but we, you know, or even just holding the space in different ways, um, which actually you're better at than the average Joe, I will say at holding the space. You're like kind of a doula guy, which is, is we- actually kind of rare. Cause I, there, I, you know, I, I do definitely work with dads like that and partners like that, but they're not all as aware as, and as in tune with their partner. And so a doula can like kind of take that, mm-hmm. like take on that responsibility to help them figure out how to do that in that birth situation, especially yeah. that first birth. Yeah. But um, anyway, so, so the insurance policy that we thankfully didn't need, we didn't have true because we didn't need. Well, I think my original comment too, was just to encourage doulas out there that there's so much to offer by just connecting yourself to your client and making some sort of bond to understand them. You know, I think that's just the only reason I'm saying something is because I just responded to something on social media that was like a doula is like a mom. Sure. And I, that's why I said, please do add your knowledge and expertise to that. Cause that's just one small sliver of the pie. Totally. And it's just the one thing I have knowledge of, I can share. So I'm glad for you to fill in the other 90% or whatever it is. From the birth yeah, perspective, for sure, for sure. that's yeah. just my two cents. Yeah, yeah. You're, I'm very, uh, I mean, not all, not, I don't know. We just, we just connect in a way that it just really worked. And I had, I'm an internal birther as well. So, yeah. so uh, we had doulas coming up in other births. So we for can sure. talk about that because we actually do have doulas 
that played roles that were for very helpful. For first three and four. Yeah. That played the role that was needed to be played for them, which is the beauty of a doula. They can do what's needed. So anyway, that birth was our, I think that was our fastest birth. We, our fourth birth was about the same, but mm-hmm. that was a real, our, a very, very speedy birth. And, um, from that birth, pretty much immediately I became a doula. And I got more involved in hypno babies going forward. Uh, I'd take the partners and. Oh yeah. Cause I didn't just become a doula right away. I became a doula that year. Hypno-morph and then instructor. I became a hypno babies instructor and there was no hypno babies instructors yet in the state of Minnesota. It was pretty new. Mm-hmm. I always, I find fringe things. You were like, I I think you might've been the, one of the first one or two people. No, 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 no. In, was, in Minnesota? Oh, in Minnesota, I was number one. Yeah. That's what I meant. In Minnesota. And then the next training, like the next time hypno babies did a training, we got two more. Sure. And those ones are no longer teaching anymore either. Um, but they were great. They're all great. I love all these instructors, but, um, and so I brought that to Minnesota and I started teaching that and I started attending births pretty much immediately after that birth. I was like, this is it. That was amazing. I want to show people what's of like, I want to like, you immediately wanted to share that with the world. Yeah. I want to share this. This is not something like when you, to me, when you find something and this is what I do with BRM too, and all the knowledge that I try to be very generous with, I feel like when I, when I, when I, when you find something that you feel like is important and meaningful and can help people, like, why would you not just share it with the world as much as you can? Right. And so that's what I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to help others, you know? Yeah. And so actually, interestingly enough, the first birth that I ever attended was, um, ended up, I was with her, with them for 40 hours and it ended in a cesarean and she did everything mm-hmm. really like she is not like. It was hard because I was, I think I knew that there's stuff you can't control, but also I kind of subconsciously deeply down thought like, well, if, if I just like help them like make better choices, like I made better choices and went better for me, like then it just won't go like, it'll always, it'll always work. Like I just trust birth so much. Right. Like I just trust birth. I moved from like, I don't know, to like complete trust in this beautiful process. But then I started going to births and I started realizing, you know what, though, it doesn't always work that way. Right? Yeah, It doesn't. And you can do everything right. Everything right. Not that there's one right way, but you know what I mean? Like you can do things the way like really. I don't know how I'm what I'm I think to you're say. like basically diversity is the spice of life. The more situations you see, the more people you interact with, the more stories you get from being a doula, the more you're informed on like this is a this is a big picture and there is something magical in there that you're trying to capture with BRM and all these things you've learned. Yeah. But each person has to find a way for that to work and not everything's perfect. Yeah, well and I realized like we people were doing the same things that I had been doing that I thought were really helpful. And they were still having really hard, difficult births. Mm. And there, that first birth was a key example. And I was like doing all these things. I didn't know the, the breaths of techniques and things that I know now, but I remember I was wearing a scarf. It was winter. I was wearing a scarf and I took it off and was like sifting things and, and jiggling things and trying to like release things in all the ways that I could figure out. And, you know, as a exercise physiologist at the time as well, I was starting to realize that there was more to this, more tools. Yeah. even though like I didn't necessarily need that at my birth, mm-hmm. I was realizing that other people did like there was stuff outside our control. Yeah. Right. You can take control of the controllables and oftentimes that works, but sometimes there's other stuff beyond your control. Or you can 
stack the cards in your face. Yeah, I know. I say that all the time. That's like my catchphrase. <laughs> I don't even know where it came from. I just started saying it. I mean, that's kind of the whole deal. That's the point. Take it's control like, of the controllable. You know this is happening in how many ever months, or if you plan before that, yeah. or you get pregnant. Yeah. How am I going to make the most out of the time I have to get the birth I want? Yeah. And so like for me, I always joke that I I don't I don't like to do things unless they're helpful. I don't like to do things unnecessarily. I want to be very efficient, right? And so like, to me, how can I make this birth as easy as possible for myself? So so that's what we did, right? Exactly. We kept making, and then I kept layering it in with the more births, right? right. But so that again, was really, step two. This was step so two. So this was step two, like first birth, second birth. Now I realized, oh my gosh, this is what I meant to do with my life. It's meant to be a, a doula, childbirth educator, yep. something with birth. Yep, for sure. And I thought I was leaving exercise behind, but I very quickly realized not. And maybe that's a story for another day. Yeah, it comes into play in birth three too. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that was baby number two. And um, I hope that was helpful to just kind of see our process. Mm -hmm. We're growing up at the same time that we're like learning about ourselves and births and learning about how to be a family relationship. Yeah. Let's keep going. So if you like this episode, I would love it if you would let us know. Like, do you care? Do you want to hear more? <laughs> are you like, I don't know, Lindsay, you guys are weird. I mean, that's part of our appeal, I would say. We're quirky. We're, we're nice and just being who we are. We're quirky. We love it. See you later. Thank you for listening to Pros Talk Pregnancy. We are passionate about making the childbearing years better. And as professionals, when we work together, that is when we see the greatest shifts. Is there a topic that you would like for us to dig into with an amazing birth pro that you know? Or do you have a question around pregnancy, birth, or recovery that no one has quite yet been able to answer? We want to bring you the topics that you want to know about. So please submit a question, topic, or guest suggestion for the chance for it to become our next podcast episode at www.bodyreadymethod.com slash podcast dash submit. See you next time.